Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting This thing rocking. Okay, so uh, today I want to talk about. We, we might be able to get two done today because these are short things. Might only do hierarchical right over. We might also do Latin squares. I'm not sure. No pressure. Uh, we're roughly where I want to be, so that's that's good. Um, so today I talk about something. That if you were here before the class started, we had a little impromptu uh, tutorial because we had time. Uh, because my the drugs class ran short today because we're only four presentations, so I did some stuff with people. And I was talking about <coughs> Yates order and between subjects and within subjects variables. Usually all of our factors, or independent variables, are crossed with each other. Now look, crossed with each other just means that every level of A occurs with every level of B. Or over here, okay. each level of A occurs with each level of B, or each level of A occurs with each level of B, occurs with each level of C in this example I was doing before class. Right? That's what we're used to. In fact, and that's what you should strive for. If you didn't do this and it was your honors thesis, I would tell you to come up with another project or redesign your experiment. I'm not talking about subjects here. We're talking subjects are often nested. That's not a big deal. In fact, if you have a between subjects factor, it's nested by definition. Okay, subjects are nested within the between subjects factor. They have to be. Um, sometimes though, things are different and frightening. Sort of like European television. Nobody. Okay. You ever watch TV from you know? Like, I don't know. I've watched like the Italian channel. You ever see these kind of shows? Like tell Latino and they have stuff on from, from Italy. And you turn the TV on and you go, I... okay, that guy just read the news. Now he's doing card tricks. He's smoking at the same time. Now there's a juggler and the, a woman just took her top off. What kind of TV show is this? And now back to the news. It's just the weirdest TV show ever. Now there's a punk band, except that they haven't heard that punk died and came back yet. They're first generation. Now there's a disco dance team. It's very strange. Anyway, so it's like that. Sometimes things are just a little bit different. Kind of like European television. Okay. This is a real experiment. This actually happened. A friend of mine uh, didn't do the experiment, but he was the statistical consultant for his experiment when I was in graduate school. One of the ways as a psychology graduate student you can make a little extra money because you know so much statistics, so much more than most other people, is you can sort of hire yourself out at about $200 an hour as a statistics consultant to people. Um, you have to get kind of good at it because you are now charging people $200 an hour, but people in other disciplines, especially medical researchers, they often don't know, what my dad used to say, shit from bad meat when it comes to statistics. No idea what they're doing. So a friend of mine would do this, and this is a, an experiment a clinical trial of hospitals, well, not of hospitals, of, of pain medications for burn survivors. We have six drugs. We have six drugs, okay? And this is all done in Toronto. 
And in this case, we have three hospitals this was done in, and drugs are nested within hospitals, you can see here. Okay? Drugs one and two are given at hospital one, drugs three and four are given at hospital two, and drugs five and six are given at hospital three. You understand the design? I hope immediately you can see the potential limitations here. There were five, bur five burn survivors per group. Okay. So this is really weird because we've got hospitals as a factor. And you might wonder why would you even worry about what hospitals done at? Well, different hospitals have different staffs. They have different... Um, these are all hospitals within Toronto, by the way. But different hospitals have different staffs. They have different, so different nursing and doctors. They have different routines they follow. Um, the food would be different. There's all kinds of things that we would say we'd want to probably include this as a variable. And this is the problem. These guys that were doing this medical research didn't think of this. Okay? Um, and my friend who taught, this guy's name, who, who designed this, who did the analysis for them, said you, you can't not think about hospitals. Because if you don't, um, you're kind of being dishonest, but also, and he explained the things I just said. You know. So they eventually did this. Hospitals, there are three hospitals, they have two degrees of freedom. There are drugs within hospitals. Just like subjects within a group, except now it's drugs within hospitals. So we have two drugs within each hospital. So two minus one is one times three hospitals, so that's three degrees of freedom. And then subjects um, are nested within drug-hospital interactions. It's not subjects within drugs within hospitals, happily. Okay. Okay. Um, we test both the hospital effect and the drug within hospital effect with this subjects within drug hospital interaction uh, error. The hospital effect, you wouldn't care actually if it happened. I mean, it wouldn't matter to you. It's not, you're not interested. You're interested in are the drugs different. But you can't talk about the drugs that talk about hospital they're in. Can you? Like it doesn't. It's 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 again. It's, it's not just dishonest. You actually can't, right? Make sense? Here's another example. Say n equals e. I don't know why I have those appearing like that. I really don't. I think I found an animation in Keynote where that's neat. At least I took out the one that it appeared with fire a few years ago. <laughs> Did you think I should add them back? Yeah. yeah. Just occasionally, though, just to keep them on the toes. Okay, yeah. yeah. No sound, right? I wouldn't put sound in. <laughs> yeah, people used to do that when PowerPoint first came out before you guys were born. No, I remember. You do? Yeah. They definitely, when they first started teaching us, they would be like, add audio. Stuff like that. Really? Oh, yeah. They were teaching it yeah. to make it look yeah. professional. Because yeah. that looks professional. I think I told you guys a story that they did that to Isabel's so. thing in uh, Algeria. She was speaking to, uh, to people, at a, to French teachers, about how they teach French in Canada. So she was speaking to these Algerian French teachers. And she's like 150 people in a room, and they, they're all excited. They've never seen PowerPoint before. 
or they'd seen it, but not really in action. And they didn't have a screen in the room. They put up a white sheet. Like, it was really kind of pretty cool, you know. And isn't there's a video of this somewhere we have? And they took her thing on a USB stick. She brought with her all the way to Algeria. And then she drank the curdled milk and ate the dates, which you have to do. It's some sort of thing. It's apparently horrible. And uh, she starts her presentation. And it goes, <laughs> the animations are like, they aren't just appearing, like they're swooping across like this. Uh-huh. And it's like, boom. <laughs> Some guy who was like, he was their computer guy. He's like, I made it much better for you. No, you didn't. But you're trying, and that's nice. I don't know what this example is. I find it very hard to think of these examples because they're such bizarre designs. The drug hospital one I can think of because I know what happened. I remember when my friend Todd was analyzing the data, and he made a little payday. Um... And like I said, when you're in grad school, you can actually make a little bit of money doing that. So it's not bad. Then you have to argue with people. Oh, it's fine. Anyway, I argued with somebody's dad. I helped, I helped design and uh, analyze an anthropology student's honor, uh, master's thesis on bonobos. It was really interesting stuff. Pygmy chimpanzees. And, and then her dad calls me, who's an MD. Which is fine, he's an MD. Wouldn't you use a T-test here? I said, No. I said, you would actually use chi-squared. It would be exceedingly inappropriate for you me to do. Well, whenever I've done statistics, I've used t-tests. And I said, how many statistics, how many papers have you published? He shut up at that point. Because, um, like, I know what I'm doing, buddy. I think he was writing the check. I think that was the thing. <laughs> so, anyway, enough about my past, as interesting as it can be. Um, so we have a funny design here. We've got... Nesting and a within subject variable. Let's see how this is the final piece of the Yates order puzzle. I don't know what, what I'm doing here. But it's too close to my it's too close to my face too because I can't see that well. So it's like, Hey kid. You. Okay. Shut up. Okay. Yates order is your friend, or as I've written here, Yates order is your friend. <laughs> Sounds like some sort of Latvian last name, orderis. Between subjects within. Now we're gonna. The only thing is, we've got a hierarchy here too. A hierarchy. It's called a hierarchical design. These things are called. So we start with the top of the hierarchy, which is A, and then B within A. Okay. And then, because these are the two independent, we can't talk about B on its own, we have to talk about B within A. And then the next thing, remember I was saying this before class, but for those of you guys that were here, you take what's here and you cross it with this, but could, could you go B within A by A? Well, no, that's stupid. So the next thing you do is you say S within AB. Now the C, which is the repeated measures one, that was easy, C. C by A, C by B within A, C by S within A, B, done. So it's not that bad. Sorry, why can't you talk about B by itself? Yeah. Uh, let's go back, and I'll tell you why. Why can't we talk about B by itself? 
because it's within because B1 and B2 are within A1, B3 and B4 are within A2. So we can't talk about B by itself. We have because it's nested within A. It's just like the B's are like the drugs, the A's are like the hospitals here. We couldn't talk about the drugs without mentioning the hospital they're in. And if they were completely crossed, it'd be great, right? If A's and B's were crossed, the reason this usually happens is it's some, something out in the world, something out in the, in the field sort of thing. It's not, and you go, well, ah, geez, this is all the resources I have. Or, you know, in the case with the experiment with the, 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 the burn uh, survivors, there weren't enough burn survivors which we can take one of two ways. Either not enough people were getting badly burned, which is good, or people were dying from burns, which is bad. But either way, we need, they, they needed enough subjects, right, for that, for, that, for that study, and they didn't have enough where they could be cross, and also the drugs were expensive, all these kind of things. All right. So, yeah, we can't talk about A without talking about B. Or sorry, B without talking about A. Okay, so we get that. You should be able to go the other way as well. And this is what you just did on your quiz. This is what you just did on your quiz. Now this doesn't have nesting within, this doesn't have the nesting problem with uh, uh, variables nesting, though it does have subjects being nested, but that just means we have an independent uh, group kind of design that we have uh, between groups, right? So, let's do this one. Let's do this one. How many... Uh, what are our between variables? B. Just B. Right? Because A is listed after subjects. It must be within. Okay? So, B is between, A is within. How many levels of B are there? Marker's kind of dying. Okay. How many levels of A are there? Also three. Yep. Now, subjects are within B, meaning different subjects get different levels of B. So we go group one, group one, group one, two here, group two here, group two here. The only thing we have left to do is how many subjects are there per group? Well, there's two ways to do it. The easy way, and the way that uh, Maddie also did it before when we were taking up the quiz, the easiest way I think to do this is look and say, okay, we got 35, so it means we have 36 observations. We got nine cells. It's got to be three. Okay. No. What do I say? Nine times three is 27. It's going to be four. The only problem with that is you got to do arithmetic in your head properly. God, my back's so freaking sore. Anyway, um, there you go. See, going the other way, this is the skill that involves uh, when you're reading a paper and you're, you're reading how they do the analysis and it allows you to reconstruct the design, which is really an important skill. Questions? Okay. Some things to remember about these designs. Yates order, we can figure out any design in the air terms. That's, that's, we can always do that. 
that's the beauty of it. That's why it's that's why you know of the eighty-five or ninety whatever marks there are in the final exam, forty of them are doing Yates order problems. I think it's one of the important things to to, to, to learn how to do in this class. Okay, now when we talk about these hierarchical designs, remember hospital, is that a fixed factor or a random factor? I would think random, but if it's random, it screws up the expected values of the mean squares. And then what we need to do is get out a big graduate level statistics book and figure out how to do the expected values of the mean squares. We don't want to do that. Because it's not... I don't know. It's kind of fixed random and... and, and. Just avoid this kind of thing if you can. <laughs> just don't do it. A friend of mine, uh, his honors thesis, he didn't know he had done this. This was back when we were at Western and he... Uh, I remember he was a year behind me, and he emailed me when I was a grad student at U of T. He said, I just found out I have a nested design. This, these are also called nested designs, or all hierarchical stuff. And I just emailed back, I just screwed, you're effed. <laughs> now he's a successful businessman. He never really had one of the graduates, that's fine. But, uh, and he could have anyway. Nonetheless, we just told him, you know, you're just completely under the screw. So I would avoid this. But there are times you have to do this, sometimes especially in sort of field type stuff. It's going to come up. All right. That's this one. What say we speak of Latin squares? All right. Here's another thing to avoid. <laughs> I don't like these very much either. But you, you should know about these. This is more common than a hierarchical design. I have had one of my honor students once do a Latin square, and it was the only way she could do it. So it does come up. It does happen. We have a thesis about every three or four years, maybe five, that this kind of design comes up. It's perfectly viable design under certain conditions. Okay. We've talked about dealing with the nuisance variable, right? We talked about dealing with the nuisance variable. We use blocking. Right? That's what you do. It's a blocking thing. It's no big deal. Or repeated measures, which, of course, are just a special case of blocking where you block on subjects. You can also do something called ANCOVA, which we're not going to talk about except that I'll very, in very broad terms. <coughs> John, you going to live? Try not to inhale the grapes. You might want to just chew them first. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> I think you're probably going to die. I want to go home because yeah. I don't look good. <laughs> I want to go home too, but I, I, I'm doing my job. This, this is, You know what I'm doing right now? It pays for those grapes. <laughs> and the iPad, okay? So we're staying for a while. All right. Analysis of covariance is something you can do where it's like an ANOVA, but you figure out what a covariance, you have a, a variable that is... It's kind of like a nuisance variable. I don't know. Let's think of something. Uh, success in school, different approaches to uh, teaching. We talked about that the other day, the, the, the idea of the sort of semester approach versus the block approach, let's say. And then 
we want to look at that, and we say we can't actually find people uh, on different... But let's say our covariate is going to be uh, amount of debt load. Because, you know, the more debt you have that is sitting in the... You guys know this, the back of your head the whole time you're in university. Sort of sitting there going, you will have to pay me back at some point. And maybe that affects people's grades. I think it probably does. I think it probably does. Now... Are we able to get people to win blocks of exactly the same debt? That'd be hard. What we could do is we can measure all of them, and then we statistically remove the variance due to debt load, and then do the analysis. That's called the analysis of covariance. It's something you would likely learn about in graduate school, if you go on. You might see it, though, and that's really all ANCOVA is. It's a complicated procedure, and I'm not a fan. Partially because it's complicated, partially because... I don't like what people call things. I don't like what they call statistical control. I like real experimental control. So, it, but it's nothing wrong with it. I just, it's for me. I'd rather design the experiment differently. So, what if you had two nuisance variables? Not one, but two. Not three, but two. Just two. Not one, two. Not three. Not seven. Two. So now you have two. Did I mention there were two nuisance variables? And a third variable. That's the thing you're interested in. The independent variable. Okay. See how this kind of could start to get big. Because remember with, like, and you'll see in a second how big this could get. What you have to do is sort of put these things together. Put is this farther? What's that? Farther. Uh, put the, put uh, one nuisance variable in a row, like we always do. Put the other nuisance variable in columns. Wacky. Close your mouth, you Thank you. Um, I know that doesn't deserve five exclamation points or as many as I have there, but something has to keep you interested in some level. That's why you should use the fire. You're right. I really should go back to that. Thank you. I really will. I will uh, maybe I'll make some adjustments to the correlation of regression. Maybe some sounds. You know. It'll start out with, oh, virtue, Nobody but JJ knows what that is. I'm, I'm so impressed, really. I mean, someone does a lot because I'm Yes, it does. Is there anything I say is funny? Um, you can at least acknowledge the reference. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It's not as exciting as I, you know. It looks like this. So you get something that looks like this. That was good. See how that came in? That was fun. Okay. The AI, now I'm so sorry about this because this is like, you know how the alphas and betas for type 1 and type 2 error also become effects, and that's really annoying, and it's not my fault. Don't blame me. Same thing here. You would think that, oh my God, you've got an a, a factor A, a factor B, a factor No, I don't. I have four levels A, B, C, and D. This is just how people do it. I don't like it either. Um, so A, B, C, and D are levels of the independent variable. They are not independent variables themselves. There are four levels of some independent variable. Each level occurs in each ordinal position. Note how A occurs here, 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 and here. My, uh, my student, Jen Sushro. Uh, a few years back, who I believe has her name changed because I think maybe she's married now. But anyway, um, 
her honors thesis had a setup like this because she had eight by eight by eight. Now, <clears throat> why would we do this? Why wouldn't we just do a four by four by four? Well, a four by four by four by, okay, that's how many cells? Well, four, that's 64 cells. That's a lot of subjects. This needs 16 cells. A four by four by four needs 64 cells. So this is way better. Jen wanted to do, Jen had an eight by eight by eight. That was 64 cells as it is. So we had 64 subjects. This has 16 subjects, not 64 subjects. But Jen's experiment, well, eight cubed, eight times eight is 64. What's 64 times eight? 256, isn't it? Is that correct? That sounds right. Let's double check that. 512. I was off by a factor of two. So instead of needing 64 subjects, which is hard enough to get an honors thesis at Algoma University, or anywhere, frankly, she would have needed half the student population. <laughs> so, and she needed these eight levels. Like, she really did. It was a cool experiment, too. It was the ability to detect toxic odors. It was very cool. Very neat experiment. Um, I, probably the best one that year. That's hard to say. I have a real good crew, crew that year. Um, each level occurs in each orbital position. Each row and column has each level once. It's just saying the same thing. So you need equal, num <clears throat> equal numbers of levels of equal number of rows Calls John. Next time you do something like that, I'm gonna punch you in the head. <laughs> you know I'm gonna punch you. Don't do that. It's not nice. Not nice. Don't do it again. Little class like that much. I'm oh, so, yeah. so weak. Yeah, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That smirk on your face tells me you're not sorry at all. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Just don't do it again. Give me white. All right. I never hit him, by the way. He knows I'm kidding when I say I punch you in the head. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Equal number rows, columns, and independent variable levels. There's the model. Um, X equals mu plus alpha plus beta plus gamma plus epsilon. That's any score equals the grand mean plus rows, effective columns, and the effective independent variable. Uh, and that's, of course, error. Okay. Rows, columns, independent variable, error. The, only, the reason we can't look at, you know, you'll note something, there's no interaction terms in there. Well, we can't because we would, need every, we would need the 512 cells, for example, or the 64 cells to look at interactions. We can't. We can't. The analysis of variance looks like this. <clears throat> By the way, there are P rows, P columns, and p levels of the independent variable. That's just a thing. So rows have p minus one columns, p minus one, and independent variable have p minus one levels of the independent variable. Or degrees of freedom, sorry. The residual has p minus one times p minus two. This is actually our error term. And then there are n minus one degrees of freedom. So you think about the example we had, which was a 4 by 4 Latin square. 
four by four Latin square. It's going to have three, three, three. So there's three, six, nine. And then let's see, three times two, six. Nine and six is fifteen. Huh? Good. Reason for you, right? There are p levels of the independent variable, p columns, p rows. Some things about Latin squares to keep in mind. Uh, there are, there's some stringent assumptions here with Latin square. Some pretty stringent assumptions. There are, here's one, no interactions at all. That's a pretty stringent assumption. Almost everything we can think of has an interaction, doesn't it? But these can't. One might ask, how am I going to know there's no interactions if I can't even measure it? Well, you just you got to go back and go back and look and make sure there are no interactions. Because there's only one place the interaction variance can go, and that's in the error column. You also need an equal number of levels of rows, columns, the independent variable. That's not that big an assumption, but it's bigger than you might think. So when, when, when Jen did her experiment, um, we had to come up with like 64 combinations of smells. Because we're trying to determine if people could detect poisonous smells even when they were masked at. So could they detect tuluene and cinnamon? Things like that. It was a very cool experiment, actually. Um, I can't remember if it worked on it. But it was neat. Bring you other states. So now there is something else you can do. You can take this further, and you can actually do two Latin squares. So you can have one square and another square, and then you have rows, columns, IV, residual, and you have something called between squares. Uh, it's not very commonly done. You can also do something that is more the Latin square, I think it's called a Greco-Latin square, and it's rows, columns, and then it's depth. So it's a, it's a cube. Yeah, so it's a cube. And that, um, that's something really only statisticians do for fun. People that are actually doing experiments go, why would I do that? It's the kind of thing that shows up in a graduate stats book near the end of the chapter on Latin squares. And then you can take that and you can have a fourth variable, fourth, uh, the, the, the depth you do with Greek letters, and then you can have a fourth uh, dimension, which you can't even imagine because you can't think in more than 3D, and it's done with Hebrew letters. And I'm actually not kidding. <laughs> that's the kind of esoteric crap you get into. Again, when you go to graduate school, there's usually, usually that's in the end of the class, and the prof, I remember our prof saying, there's no reason anybody to do such a thing. It's ridiculous. It's kind of interesting anyway. I mean, I wouldn't do it. It's crazy. I mean, why would you have to design an experiment like that? It's ridiculous. We did have one, and when I was in grad school, there was one question on our, on our midterm yeah. <coughs> um, that gave us an incomplete Latin square. So it was like a four by three, and it said, how, how would you analyze that? Oh, it's great. It was a short question with five points out of 100. But Ian always had those. He'd say, uh, if you're going to get 100 on one of my exams, you better well know everything. It's going to give you one that's a little tricky. Separate the men from the boys. 
then some person said, that's sexist. He said, I don't care if it's sexist. I say, it's just an expression. Anyway, this can be used. There's something wrong with using the Latin square. I would avoid it just because because everything has interactions all the time. So I try to avoid this, but there are times when you have to. And like I said, Jenny's thesis was probably one of my favorite ones that anybody's ever done at this university, well, at least with me. So questions about that stuff? All right. Guys look like you want to go. Brains look like they're full. So uh, we'll pack in for today, and we will, I think we're going to end up finishing up analysis of variants. Looking back again on today, but I'm feeling so unsure of all the right moves that it made. Still a missing more and more, and all these days I'm so confused. What to do right now? Everyone I beg of you, drop what is on my mind. I want to fall always, and if only. podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want. Okay. Um, also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck.com at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.